In celebration of one year of podcasting, we are holding a giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four crown royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starter Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerd Archives, Out of the Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats, The Rat Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. Here's how to enter. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave a review. Leave a comment as well. Then, go to our Facebook page and like it. Finally, stop by our webpage, thedungeonmastersdojo.com forward slash about, and leave us a message. Once we hit 500 on each, we will draw a winner. You must do all three to qualify. We'll see you next time in the dojo. set my piercing gaze upon my enemy. Slowly, I... Chip? Sure. Uh, I, uh, uh, slowly, I draw my sword. Mm. Dude, you're ruining my immersion. Sir, um, plays you may encounter and how to cater to their needs this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Greetings and salutations, fellow DMs, GMs, referees, judges, and all other variety of storytellers. I am Lou, and that means I am with the matches with no men. The ones with the natural armor class of 20, Scott and Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. Sorry, I got a chip stuck you? on my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. This week's topic is um, we're talking about play styles at the table. Yeah, and, and Bill totally screwed up my immersion, so I'm... I'm- <laughs> Well, we'll start with, um, that brings us right to our first area, the noob. <laughs> you picked on me. No fungins for you. Uh, the noob. Yeah. They're, um, for all of you uh, computer and, and console gamers out there, I've got news for you. The noob was a thing before you guys uh, coined the term. Uh, back in the good old days, a noob was someone who was new to the gaming table. Um, and And... We do like to see the noobs. Uh, it's good when you got a noob coming in because that means you're uh, ushering in a uh, uh, another generation. Ho- yeah, yeah, hopefully someone that's gonna that's gonna stick around. The uh, he, the noob is the guy that shows up to the game without knowing anything about how RPGs work. That was all of us at one time. Yeah, uh-huh. every single one of us. Uh, they might be a little intrigued by by what the uh, tabletop RPG thing is. Um, and they want to, or maybe, you know, a friend, Yep, a friend's brought them along. 
Um, or they're looking for that hot chick that's not here yet. Yeah, well, you know, and, and another Long thing. venue, guys. Yeah. I hope we get an opportunity to talk about what it was like to game back in the 80s because um, – we paved the way for all of you lucky kids out there who have the uh, the drop dead gorgeous girls playing at your gaming table. You are all very very welcome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome, guys. Um, send us beer or something or a fruit basket. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, most of the girls at at the tables I played at looked kind of like me, only they had a bigger mustache. Um, <laughs> But one of the other things with the noobs is uh, I've known noobs that have been gaming for years. They still have no idea what they're they doing. They still have no idea. Yeah, they just they show up. They have a good time. They're there for maybe like the pretzels, the yeah, yep. the beer, maybe yeah, the uh, the beverage to, to goof around with the guys and have a grand old yeah. time. And yep. and you have after year after year, you still got to point out which one's the D twenty. And no, it doesn't end in twelve. That's the wrong one. That's you, Kenny. Yes, Kenny, that's you. We constantly have to point out which die is which. But he tries, though. He keeps coming back for he, more. He comes back. He's a glutton for punishment. Yep. But, yeah, Ken, Ken's our, our uh, old-time noob. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna all wear T-shirts with, with pictures of the dice on them for him when he comes back. <laughs> so each of one of us is going to have a different die shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, roll a Scott. He's the biggest one. He's going to be the D20. <laughs> Mine will have a one on it. <laughs> yeah, the the noob's going to be there, and you hope they are, because when they finally get it, there's there's another perspective that's not on your table. There's another person who's bringing a brand new set of uh, ideologies and ideas and way they see things to the table and and a lot of of course when they first start off you're going to find that their characters often they are just a reflection of themselves which yep. is fine which is fine uh, and as they gain a little experience that they'll start spreading their wings and and trying new things and and encouraging them to play classes later on that they're not familiar with races that they're not familiar with, uh, stuff like that, it will help expand their, their gameplay and also give you as a game master a lot more to play with. So with that said, what for a new person coming onto the table, what would be the classes you would have them try first? It, pretty much the fighters, the, the, the yeah. easiest to play, the, you know, the hack and slash, and uh, you know, I pick things up and I put things down. Right. Um, or I pick up my sword and I knock things down. However, you want to look at it. The fighter is one of the easier classes to play. Uh, keep them away from magic right off the bat. So, not trying to keep track of a lot of things, even if it's just a you know cleric at low level stuff like that. If they insist on playing it, then great. You're going to have to nurture them a little bit more. But try to gear them towards the you know the ranger, the the fighter, even a barbarian, things like that, because they're a little bit easier to play because uh, there's a little less to keep track of, a lot less thought. You want to dip your toe in the water. You know, you don't want to push them in the push them in the whole pond and see if they float. I don't anyway. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you pick them up over your head and huck them into the pond, frozen. <laughs> so again, somebody like Kenny. I mean, I know what we do at the table. How do we cater to him without making him feel like we are that we're that he's a burden on us? How do we keep him interested in the game without him feeling, you know, like he's trouble? 
Well, as a DM, I think the first the first rule is, uh, you know, the golden rule of uh, running a table: don't be a dick. Um, yeah, don't, uh, don't treat your newbies like oh, they're a, they're a bother. Right. No. Yeah, it's it's. Um, you know, you were there once. You you said that, right? We're mm. all we're all the brand new person at the gaming table, so there was like a huge learning curve. It's not like you're cracking open a box of Monopoly and it's on an eight and a half by eleven inch sheet of paper. The rules, and you can pretty much get the game down pat in five ten minutes of of brushing over the rules. There's multiple rule books. It's it's big. It's daunting. It could be intimidating, and if it's not fun, people aren't going to come back. Exactly. And, and that's, that's no good. So mentor them. Um, I like, I like to put my noobs in between the rules lawyer and the thespian, <laughs> right? When you're sitting at the table, it's not, nope, this is your seat. And, uh, yes, it is assigned seating. Yeah. I've used place cards. Yep. This, you know, it's, uh, because what they get is kind of the best of both worlds, right? You get, you get the guy that's going to be able to help them out with the rules. And our group is pretty good about about that. Oh yeah, our group was very good about that. You know, yep. about kind of helping folks along and being patient and um the thespian, right? The guy who who uh the minute he walks through the door and those feet hit the basement stairs, he's in character. Right? He's uh he's on Broadway. Right? He's doing Othello. Oh, uh, yeah. every yeah. every Monday night at 7 p.m. he's on stage and doing his thing. Um, and that's that's a fun way to get get a new player into kind of like the whole dynamics of, well, you of got the them game. Both the leaning table. over, whispering in his ear. Oh, one on each side. Yeah. One on each side. Yeah. You know, when it comes like, all right, you know, it's it's the one over here. Like we would do with Kenny. We actually wrote on the edge of his sheet twenty, twelve, eight, ten, and he'd set the die next to, next to the number. So when he said roll a d twenty, look at his sheet and see the twenty, he'd pick up that die. And if it's something as simple as that until they get used to it, because yeah, let's face it, a polyhedron can be a bit confusing when you get, you know, your D8, your D10. There's those of us that can pick them up and just by feel, oh, I know what I have, but not everyone can do that. So you get, you know, you give them a hand, give them a cheater sheet, a little strip of paper with the numbers on it, and let them just keep putting that die right back when they're done with it. As soon as they unroll it, put it right back in its spot. So next time you ask him for a percentile, there's the D10 and there's the percentile sign. He picks the two of them up, rolls them, sets them both back. And that's like, that's what we did with Kenny. And it worked really, really well. And, and it actually expediated gameplay. For him, yeah. It did. For, for him, for, for the for whole table. Yeah, the the whole table's not like, <sighs> exactly. Yep. D20's next to your left hand. No, the other one. Nope, that's a candy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can eat that one. Don't eat yes. that one. You'll choke. Yes, yes. we're not rolling D Worthers. Right. You know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. We all we all know how old Bill is if he's eating Worthers, right? He's got a jar of it next to his rocking chair by the window. In case I haven't mentioned this in some previous episodes, I'm a little older than most. Yeah, it makes it easier for him to yell at kids that are on his lawn. Yes. <laughs> But how bad am I? I have a great ball collection in the in the garage that I've kept when I landed in my yard. Uh, another thing you could do for our for your noobs at the table is do just kind of like a quick start guide. Um, on a piece of paper, if you go on the DMs Guild, there's a lot of really really cool stuff done by the community. Yep, and there's some quick start guides there. And when we started with Fifth Edition. Um, we all kind of jumped right into it 
and we were all the noob again. Uh, we're all over a- yeah. after after thirty some odd years of gaming. We were brand new. Yeah, because we came right from two point five, which was a very very different game. Oh, absolutely, still a good game. Yep, but but a very different game. So I I got a bunch of these quick start guides, and just tossed them in a folder, just in case. And we muddled our way through it, and we still and we still had. We still had a good time. Well, I mean, you even came in and said, hey, I found all these things. I think everyone grabbed out their phones, started saving it to their phones and their yep. tablets, and everyone and went that, home. And that's good for the, the, the whole for table the new player to know as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Just go out there and grab it. You know, it's free. Um, and, you know, your DM, he's going to help you along the way as well. Yeah. And hopefully the other players at the table. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it's important to get these new people in. It is. Um, so, you know, let's talk about. The tactician. This is my favorite part right here. This is me. Is it? Yes. It says tactician, You're, not destruction. I, I'll let you, when we get to it, I'll let you know which one I think you are, Lou. But the, uh, this is me right the, all day. The tactician, long. Uh, I, I don't know. So, um, Name, I don't know. Name, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through the description without laughing. Um, name one person that would be a tactician at the table other than me Jared, Corrick. Bill, Tom. Okay, stop now. Oh. <laughs> Eric, uh, <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> He's new. He's the new. Yep. So the 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 tactician is uh this this guy loves to plan things out. Yep. That's right. Me. You're uh he sends the rogue out to scout the situation, and uh, he he gives everybody their job. Right. He's looking for a weakness in the enemy. Um, he's talking about flanking. Oh, he's already figured out the distance for yeah. everybody. Yep. Oh, for you. Can, okay. That can that, my archer get him from here? Oh, the mage. Oh, he's not in room for the mage. You need to wait till he gets to the corner of the building. And, and, and this is the player that oftentimes knows your character better than you do. <laughs> right. He's, he's, he's talking, he's asking questions. He knows where, where the talents lie in the group. Yep. Um, still think it's me. We know you do. <clears throat> well, Okay. <laughs> so there's there's your tactician. Well, yeah, he's he's one calling the shots, and often he ends up as the party leader. Yep, a natural for it. Okay, I'll give you that. Yep, <clears throat> I haven't been party leader yet. Well, that's uh, I'm sure it's just coincidence. It that's strange. Yeah, it's baffling. So I'm very tactful. <laughs> it's the word we use for you often behind your back. So, well, how do you cater to them then? Well, I think a tactician needs, they need complex problems to solve. Well, multiple targets. Yep. Multiple targets is the easiest way to take care of a tactician. Uh, Give them the big guy in the middle and the three on horses over here and the ones hiding in the bush over there. Give them multiple targets. So he has different targets. Things he can assign as different people too. Let him call the shots. Uh, if the if the party says, "All right, he's got a skill, and we're going to let him do it," let him do it. But the easiest way to do it is give him multiple targets. Give him multiple targets, or like I said, a complex, a complex party or a complex party, complex uh, problem, and let him let him mull it over and let you know. And he'll start listening to other people or who thinks of this and who thinks of that. But the easiest way to handle it is just give him a bunch of baddies and time. In time, right? Yeah, yeah they, let 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 them work it out. Yep, they need time 
to think these complex problems through. So these aren't the impulsive players which kick down the door and throw you know, in a satchel full of uh, black powder with a rag soaked in oil lit. Yeah. And then slams door shut. That's very tactful though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see see something here. Now now the tacticians, the tactician is 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 a good player because as Bill mentioned they're they're likely going to emerge as the party leader. But they're also going to be that that uh, focal point for the party cohesion, right? So i i I've seen um, I've seen parties that have just rampaged in multiple different directions, um, all from the same party, but they're running off, doing this, that, and the other thing, wreaking havoc. There's there's chaos afoot, um, and then you get. And then you get your tactician in that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's get some cohesion. Let's get some plans. I'm not the only, why am I the only one that seems to be trying to go for the objective? Yeah. Yeah. That's he, usually your tactician. He <laughs> brings them all back in, right? The, he gives them focus um, and and direction. And then for you, the, the DM, if you have that tactician at your table, you have to like kind of really step up your game, especially if, uh, if he's pulling the chaos together and organizing the chaos because Oh, if you've got a weakness, he's gonna find it. Yeah, he's gonna exploit it and and you're gonna have a rough go of challenging the party. Um so you have to you have to really be prepared to um play around with the stats of 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 monsters or enemies or whatever have you, um make problems a little bit more challenging. Um but he's also going to give the other players their moment. Oh yeah. Because he's going to send that person in. All right, this is you're you're the one. You're the one with the high charisma. You know, you're gonna, you're our face. You're going to do the talking. You know, he's not going to send the barbarian in with the the half orc barbarian with the to uh, negotiate. Yeah, with the six <laughs> charisma. Um, well, another good way to get your tactician is terrain. We've we've mentioned we use terrain, uh, but even if you have to describe it, uh, terrain's another good way. To because th- that's just a three dimensional problem for them. That they'll give them something else to work around. Now we have elevations, we have drop offs, we have something between here and there, a series of buildings, foliage, trees, a chasm. Give them terrain uh, along with your multiple targets, and that you know and that just amplifies it qu- even more. So they're they're walking through your baddies. Uh, the, he brought the party together. The bad guys retreat. Retreat them to a defensible position and give them a brand new problem. Retreat them over a, br- a bridge, and they're in the process of cutting the ropes on the suspension bridge. How quick, you know, now, right now, you, you got, he's got them together. Uh, make them think quicker on his feet and see, you know, give them a whole different challenge. Change this, you know, change the environment a little bit. So, terrain and environment is another great way to, to challenge your tactician. And from what you're saying, it sounds like timing as well, the timing on. The, what you're throwing at him, I should say. Oh, yeah. and, oh the timing's the, all on the game master. The right. timing's all on the game master. How quickly they, he drops them, you know, the, the party, you know, solves the problem, mm-hmm. catches the bad guy, defeats him, gets the thing, you know, gets the girl before she, you know, the is crushed by the whatever that's <clears> hanging over her head. Uh, so it's all on the game master as far as timing's concerned. And you have a lot more play with that than they do. But, or she saves the guy. We're, uh, or she saves the yep. guy, yep. Yep. <clears throat> 
But uh, yeah, it's safe. Yeah, but that that's probably the two best ways to, to challenge your tactician. And use an hourglass. Hourglasses are fun because they give you a visual representation of how the the, the time is ticking away. So there is that mm-hmm. real sense of urgency once you flip that hourglass over and your tactician has to make make these decisions and, and, and actions in in real time and doesn't have the luxury of uh, kind of stepping out outside of, of the passage of time to make these, make these decisions. And they, it puts a little pressure on them. These, these, these players are, are quick on their feet. Um, and it, it gives them a challenge. They, they'll really enjoy that. Um, and that'll, uh, that, that'll help to kind of satisfy their, their playing needs. And right. you can go online and find it because I, around here I have somewhere, so I do have an hourglass yep. and it's a 10 minute hourglass, but I'll tell them they have five minutes. Oh, I've I've done that. I've used I, my my yeah. phone as the timer for if I don't have an hour. Well, class. Well, the thing is, you, you you know they're going to be rushing. Yep. There's going to be a little bit of, of interparty something mm-hmm. or other. There always is. But you want to. At least I've mentioned earlier. You want to build drama sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you turn that ten minute timer over, and you say, "All right, you have five minutes." Now they it's an hourglass. They don't know how long it takes. Uh, this, yep, that's true. So unless they actually get out their phone, but more often than not, they they they're fixated on that hourglass, and they think that's five minutes. So it's like, oh, you, you know, they, oh, hey, we saved it, stopped it. And you don't have to tell them. You say, yep, you're right, turn it sideways. Yep, you, you, you solved it. Okay, Just put it away for the next time. You know, but uh, it, it, you're like, oh, we, got, we, got, we only got five minutes. We only got five minutes. We only got five minutes. And yay, we did it in five minutes. You know, yeah, it took you seven and a half. But that's okay. It's, it's, well, they don't know it's, that, like it's, you it's said. It's a victory for them. Yeah, exactly. And that's one more thing. Yay, high fives all around the table. Yeah, and, yeah. and the stress and sense of urgency was there. So yes. your tactician is satisfied. Well, and we'll talk about our next um, play style, the min-maxer. Oh, the min-maxer. I, I, um, I don't know when the min-maxer came into play. Uh, uh, probably the second day the game came out. <laughs> I've, I've encountered more and more min-maxers since, since the generation of uh, video games. Yes. Um, you're, this is uh, also, also called the power gamer. You know, you're, you mm-hmm. got it yourself – the dump stat. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're pouring all the points you can into uh, whatever your 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 prime requisite is for your class. Um, they're go- and their goal is to max out these attributes. These are these are the guys or g- gals at your table that, given enough levels, if they want to have a fast character, they'll be running six or seven football fields um, in, in a round. They will figure out how to do that. Uh, just by maxing out their stats, picking up feats. I think we've seen that already. Yeah, right? gra- no. grabbing a, a, a scroll. <laughs> um, they want to. Um, they want to succeed. Yeah. Their, their goal is to is to win at D anD D and be better than than all the others. Uh, you got to keep an eye on them because they'll um, they'll hoard gold, right? They'll be yeah. they'll yeah. be the ones that. Oh, I found some gold. I'll. I'll fill up a bag before I let everybody know about it, and then I'll take my cut when when it gets divided. And they'll uh, they'll sneak sneak magic items. Oh yeah, rings on automatically disappear, and yep, little things like that. If it's small, it's shiny, and it's got a precious stone in it. Oop, that's mine. They're not good at sharing. No, no. Um, See, so you got not only do you the GM have to keep your eye on them, other players. You got a min maxer at your table. Keep a close eye on them. Um, they're gonna try to get over on you. So how do you how do you cater to their needs? Well, it, it's not necessarily catered to their needs. Their need is everything you throw out there. 
right? They, they're, they're going to try to acquire their needs no matter what. How to rein them in is probably more accurate. All right, so how do we rein them in? Well, if they're going to be hoarding stuff, just remember that they are not the only person in your world that knows how to take things that aren't theirs. And they are rarely the best at it. So take it away from them. Redistribute. Um, they, they, they flub a roll. Oh, roll to one on a dex. Okay, you tumble over, uh, you strike the ground, your pack opens up, and things spill out of your pack. And the party looks down and goes, hey, where did this stuff come from? That works. Yeah, you got to kind of put them on the spot. Yeah. Um, inter-party conflict is, is, is a very real thing when when you when you have your, your min-maxer at your table if they're hoarding uh, items. Especially um, those items would work much more effectively in someone else's hands or work at all because all they're doing is holding onto it. Right, yep. yep. That, and it could be, that can also hurt the party as well. Absolutely. So you, like I said, you put them on the spot. Uh, you don't necessarily have to embarrass them. Uh, you don't have to you know, get argumentative or anything like that. But you got to find creative ways to, to put them on the spot. And it's like, well, gee, if only we had. Well, the group was given one. Well, where is it? He More has it. often than not, yep. most of your party knows where the things are. After a while, yes. Yeah. Uh, so they're, you know, they'll all spin their heads and look look over at the uh, the player over there. And uh, so, just out of curiosity, does your character have something like that? Oh, uh, here, let me check. But put them on the spot. I think you have to, you may have to establish some house rules, too, um, for, for the min-maxers, uh, or else you run into uh, Justice League syndrome, right, which is... Certainly don't want to do at the table, right? You look at Justice League. Um, Superman can pretty much do anything anybody else can do, only better, right? Um, stronger than, you know, stronger than Wonder Woman, uh, faster than the Flash. What does he need the other guys for? What to, to bring him coffee? I still think Shazam could kick his ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. But you got you got your one guy or, or gal or character here at the table that has. Uh, has maxed out something. Yep. And they're just, they could do everything the other players can do only better. So what do the other, what do you need the other six for or the other five for? Um, and, and those, those players may feel like they're inferior. Yeah. Or, or, or left out because every, everybody comes to the table for, for a different reason. Um, but the one reason that brings them here is they want to enjoy the game. So, all these other play styles may be turned off by that. So you might have to put some house rules in effect to kind of like what kind of house rule? Um, I would, I would say something along the lines of um, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is as fast as, as, as you can move. You know, this is what the cap is. You may have to, you may have to put a cap on, on, on their top end speed or their top end strength or whatever have you. And you could get, you could get creative with that. You know, if you, you moved, uh, you move so fast that, you know, um, you run the risk of, 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 of injuring a limb or whatever. Yep. Just, it could be as simple as it's just, it's give them a cursed item. It's you give them a cursed item. Cursed items are, are, are great. I don't see enough cursed items. They could be really, really fun. Um, or just establish those house rules. We're not going uh, this high. It's not one of those super powered kind of kind of games. You know, this is this is where we're we're, we're capping it off. 
So you, you can you can do your min maxing to a certain point. Well, you can also set up your encounters and your scenarios to to uh, gear it towards the strengths of the other characters, which is more oftenly not the strength of your min maxer. He might try, but he's not going to be able to pull it off because that's not within his his wheelhouse. A lot I'm of times strong. they're one-trick ponies. Yeah, I'm I'm really strong. I'm really dexterous. Okay, but we need someone really smart. All right, but I'm going to hit it with my hammer. Uh, that's not going to work. Breaking things you know, isn't going to work. So you can set up your encounters to target the strengths of your other characters, and that takes the min-maxer out. Uh, you got to be careful. Sometimes your min-maxer will, like I said, start alienating some of the other the characters. So another way to take care of it is start enforcing consequences in play. We had a way back when a, a person who was a, a rogue min-maxed like crazy would, would hoard everything, uh, got caught. The group knew it. He denied it left and right. You know, the, the party, the, the, the players or the uh, characters knew he was hoarding his stuff. Couldn't find it where he was, we were squirreling everything away. He got caught. Um, was found guilty, brought out to the scaffolds, to the gallows. And as the game master, I said, okay, does anyone want to stand in this person's defense? And the whole party just stood there and looked at him. And he's calling out, uh, come on, guys, you're my best friends. I, I, I'll take care of you. you know, I bet you're looking for this. And they all just looked at him. The party took, and, care, of it. took care of it. And he was hung. His character was killed. Uh, not the way you really want to go. But if you take yeah. off your players, they will turn on you. You, you. you take off the other players, they will turn on you. And as a game master, you don't want to see that. But there are times where if that min-maxer just keeps pushing the envelope and pushing everyone's buttons, sometimes you got to let it play out. Just let it roll and turn on to Dude, I don't know why you're mad at them. You're the one that stole everything. You're the one that took everything. And they know you did. You just deny it just because you hid stuff. Oh, you didn't see it, so you know I didn't take it. Well, if no one else is he- here has it, and we were the only ones there, the only one left is you. Makes uh, sense. Process of elimination says yep. you took it over and over and over again. There's overwhelming circumstantial evidence, and they're just going to let it play out. And that char- that player's character was hung because he was caught being a thief. And you know, so yeah, you don't want it to go to that extreme sometimes, but it, it definitely jolted that player. It's a wake-up call. Yep, it jolted that player. So, yeah, he's still min-maxed, but he didn't keep as much, and he didn't keep, you know, everything, and he didn't keep the best items. He still hoarded a little bit, but, you know, when you're, you know, playing the roguish characters, they're going to do that. you got to give them that little bit. But when, you, when they're taking everything, there are gonna, there's going to be circumstances in play. And if you're caught doing it, you know, or something – Okay, something terrible happened. You're holding a device that the cleric needs to heal somebody. And if you don't cough it up, that person might be you. And if you do cough it up, well, where did this come from? What else do you have? So, you know, that let them be let there be circums you know, let them be consequences to the circumstance. And these things are all uh things that could be brought up in your session zero. Mm-hmm. Um where you, where you go over exactly what kind of what kind of game you're going to run, 
Like we uh, we stopped rolling characters a long time ago, and we just gave out point spreads based on what kind of game was going to be run. So you have X number of points to build your character, depending on whether or not it's like epic world-saving stuff or you're just doing a uh, city-based adventure where you know, you're you're just a slightly above regular people because adventurers are never regular people. You know, they're exceptional. Right. But, um, and that, and that kind of can curb, curb it a little bit. You'll still get the min maxing. You just won't get Superman, but these guys also need their, their, um, needs catered to as well because they want, you know, they're building a character that they see as being exceptionally good, better than everybody else's character in, in a, in a specific area. So give them that opportunity to stretch out their maxed out muscle. You know, if you got yourself the uh, the barbarian, that's a that's a, a crazy heavy hitter. Give them a give them a big opponent, um, someone that can really go toe to toe with them. Your player may not like that because they're used to mowing through everything, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool to do too. But throw them that big opponent that is really able to you know, challenge their abilities where it could go either way. You know, you could a couple bad rolls and, you know, you could be down for the count. Yeah, we've seen that too. Especially when he calls them out. It's mono a mono. No one touch him. This one's mine. You know, and he calls them out. And all the other baddies are like, okay, we'll go beat up on the cleric instead. Um, He's got this guy. And let him go. They said, let him go toe-to-toe. Let him flex his muscles. But they're clever, the these these men maxers. So do your homework because yeah. they know they know they know the rules. They know the rules so well that they know the loopholes in it. Well, you that's know? why they're men maxing. Yeah, yeah, rules as written mm-hmm. or rules as interpreted. It depends on mm-hmm. what what the argument is. Oh, but in this book, there's the variant on this one. Yep. Uh, make sure you know those variants. Make sure you know the the the, the stackable stats because they'll stack stuff that isn't even stackable. Yeah, they'll try it. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought that you could add this to well, that. Well, that's because that's as rules as written, not as interpreted. Well, no, no, a lot of times yeah. uh, it is not written that way. Well, it says you can't stack it, but right. oh, gee, I, I didn't read it all the way through. I, right, yeah, I, but there's also a couple of that. Say, oh, yeah, there, there's definitely and some. And they're that, just misprints. Yeah, there's some that are, you know, obviously a lot of misprints mm-hmm. or leave the description a little bit vague, vague. enough where I know those min-maxers will grab that and run with it. And we've seen that a few times. Yep. Yeah. But, um, that will lead us into our, our next person, the wild card. The wild card. Um, well, yeah. the wild Let's card. Let's talk about the wild card, Lewis. Glad you brought that up, Lewis. So you're, <laughs> your wild card, yeah. Um, you guys all familiar with Leroy Jenkins? Yep. <laughs> right? He, he would be your wild card. Uh, you, you, don't, you just don't know what these, these players are going to do next. That's why they're the wild card. That's exactly uh, why why they're the wild card. You have no idea what's what's going on with them. Um, they could go full mur- murder hobo on you, or they could not. Depends on the day. Yep. Depends I'm, on how caffeinated they are. Yeah, I'm going to stand in the corner and watch everything happen. Yeah. But, but last week, you kept fireballing everything. Yeah, or thunder waving the party. Yeah, yeah. Thund- you know, um, I'm casting thunder wave in a 15 foot by 15 foot stone building with the party in it because there's one guy in the doorway. Yeah, who are feeding the homeless orphans, and I'm on the other side of the room. 
they they may uh, they may also they may also be a, a a cheater. They may cheat a little bit. Um, we had a. Do you remember years ago we had a we had a player we used to play with? Which one was quite a few? Well, he he was the guy that uh, always sat farthest away from me when I was yes. running the game. Yep. He would roll the dice, and and I knew he got I knew he got a I knew he got a crap roll because he'd pick it up immediately, look at it, go twenty. So uh, now when it was a good roll, of course he'd leave it be. So we ended up having to give him a softball size D twenty yep. that everybody could see from all the <laughs> way across the table. Um, yeah, he was he was the guy who would sneak uh, sneak extra abilities. You know, you, what, you're a paladin now. You were an assassin last week. Um, Where'd you get laying of hands? Yeah, <laughs> as an assassin, I just um, or or they they could be just that player that does just bizarre things. You know, the archer that hands its bow off to the. Uh, <laughs> We've seen that yeah. too. Yeah. To, to the bad guys. Oh, that's a nice bow. Can I look at it? Oh, sure. Here you go. Yeah. I've had uh, a <laughs> yeah, one of our, uh, one of our wild cards, uh, party was, uh, riding down a road and, uh, that was, uh, running parallel with a river towards the city and, uh, out of the blue, uh, playing a female character. Of course, I'm going to take my shirt off. Okay. And I'm going to swim upriver to the city instead of travel using the road. Yeah. Fully clothed. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so that's what they did. And uh, sometimes they're just, that's just their play style. It's like I can do whatever I want in my fantasy world. So I'm going to. Yeah, it happens quite often. That's your wild card. We've got a couple of them. We're both staring intently at Lou. I'm okay. I am that bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, most 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 of the time. So, how do you cater to my needs then? Well, um, wild cards need a lot of stimulation. A lot of stimulation. Yes, because the second they're bored, that's when something's going to happen. Something blows up. Yep. Um, a, f- a fight occurs. Yeah, they walk into the bar, trip the uh, the barmaid as she's going to the table with the drinks, and push somebody going, why'd you do that to her? And then back off and watch the chaos ensue. Yep. They're troublemakers. Yes, they are. Entertaining as hell. Yes. Uh, but troublemakers. Yeah, you need to give them a lot of attention. You need to sit them like right next, next to the to, game. To, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The wild card should always be right next to the game master. They used to do that. They used to do that in school. Remember that one kid, Bill, that was always always kind of a pain in the ass in class. His desk was always next to the teachers. Yeah, would drag his nails across the the, the slate chalkboard. Yeah, no, the slate. The oh, okay, was, yeah, the one on the desk. Oh, yeah. Yep. Piggy tails and inkwells, that yep, that, yep, that, yep. that sort of thing. Yeah, he, he was the. Uh, I went to school. There's still inkwells in the yeah, desk. So the uh, the kid that would fart in the chair when the minute the uh, you know teacher turned their back. That's your wild card. You got to sit your wild card right next to you. You're like you're the fifth grade teacher. The wild card is is that misbehaved student, so you can keep an eye on him. Yep. Um. Yep. It it's always good to have a really big set okay, of. Well, dice. that's enough about the wild card. Let's move on to the thespian. <laughs> 
The thespian. Uh, but before we go, oh yes, you know, let's talk point. a little bit about seating. You know, you uh, you got him by the GM on one side, and on the other side, you you need to put the min maxer because yeah. there is no way that this player, the min maxer, that is, is going to allow themselves to be outdone by the wild card. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna keep that wild card in check for you, without even realizing he's doing you a service, has and it, vice versa. Has it worked? Not with our not with our wild cards now. Scott, Scott's broken, <laughs> <laughs> and this is why he's begging someone else to game master yes. for a bit. So the thespian, the thespian, this is your drama queen. Yes, <laughs> they are. They are the quintessential actor. Yes. Um, well, like you said, as soon as they hit the floor down here, they're, they're they in are character. in character. Do not break their immersion. Do not. They get upset. Yep. They get upset. They love their character. These are the ones that bring props. We'll will be wearing the Jacobian shirt and yep. the you know the, the 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 leather bracers and come with a nice fancy hat and often they have a feather in it. So yeah, when they, when they're in character, they are in character. They have props. You know, they'll be reaching into their bag. They're the ones that has the the metal chain chain metal mesh bag for their dice. Yep. Yeah, we have a few, we have a few of those. We as well. we do. They never stop role playing, ever. It, but it's it brings a lot of life to the table. Well, well, it does because their deep immersion into the game um, could start dragging other players a little deeper in, in into that immersion, and that's always a good thing mm-hmm. um, because they're working for you as 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 the GM. Oh yeah, you you feed into it. You definitely feed into it. Uh, when you talk to them, you talk to them in character as oftenly as possible. You know, nurture it. You know, fire them right up. And the, he's right; it, it will bring your other players, uh, even the ones that are going to do it, kicking and screaming. They're they're going to step up their game, and they're going to be a little bit more involved in their character and their role play as well. It's, it's a role playing game, and you got those people that want to take that role playing to the to the nth degree. Then let them because. Because hopefully they all jump on. Oh, I, and we've seen it. Uh, it happened. You know, everybody mm-hmm. just follows on the coattails. Yep, and they go deep. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, when the game's done, they're in the driveway st- on the way out, still talking in character to the other players in character. You know, and you'll see them. You know, responding. Well, you know, I can't believe you did that. Well, I did it because of it. And they they'll have an argument or or an explanation you know, or, or an explanation or a celebratory. You know, oh, I can't believe you did that. But they're it's all in character, and that that carries over because the next week they'll pick it exactly right up where they left off. And they're and they're true craftsmen too. When when you're you're looking at the thespian, because very seldom will the phrase because that's what my character would do come out of their mouth um even though everything they do is because of that's what their character would do but they they immerse themselves totally in the game but they they can still function as part of the the cohesive unit without yeah it's not a character sheet it's a persona right they have a persona this is this is me now this is a person it's not a piece of paper you know the piece of paper is for everyone else to figure out what i'm doing i know what i'm doing because this is me and the thespian is just that they take they they adopt the role, and that's that's the play style I, I think I, I I like and appreciate the most at, at my tables, um, because they will get everybody else involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts to become contagious. They I thought get, it was the wild card. He gets everybody involved. 
the wild. No, if, the you, wild, if you get a tactician and you get a thespian <clears throat> that that in in play work amazingly yes, well together, yes. yep. then you have a table because everyone jumps on board. They'll both keep your wild card in your in your your they keep uh, them your quiet. min max, you know, kind of in not, line. Not quite enough. You, you, not, well, not in it, line enough. It's never enough, but it. it a, a little subdual will help, but if you can get those two to work together, uh, then you then you know you got something magical happening because the two of them will take the whole table to a whole a giant level leap forward. So let them run, let them let them go together. Uh, if they turn out, even if they're enemies, even if they hate each other, they don't get along. They're just traveling because they have to. Yeah, it, it's, it's still, still good stuff. It's still really really good play. It is well. I know, I know we said there was, these were the five play styles, but here's a bonus play style. Bonus. I know you guys weren't ready for this one. Dun, dun, the metagamer. The metagamer. Metagaming has kind of a bad connotation, but I don't think metagaming is so bad when it's handled correctly. Explain. So I, I, think, I think with metagaming, there's just some things that, uh, your 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 players would would know, right? They they would. There is such thing as common knowledge. Uh, yeah, even in a fantasy world, there is common knowledge. Uh, everyone knows dragons are bad. Yeah, right? they all breathe really nasty stuff. It may not always be fire, and, but they all breathe nasty stuff. And they'll eat you. And they'll eat you. And that's yeah. bad. You know that there is common knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. Orcs are are usually bad, or they're taught they're usually bad. Um, they're bad. But there, there's common knowledge that today in the the times we live in now may not necessarily be common knowledge, and but back then, yeah, common sense was actually common, and common knowledge was common knowledge. Yeah. So you got to give them that little bit of leeway. Right. Yeah. And while I see that, but how how do you handle them when they start using outside influences or just he, you know, he saw you do something, or he knows that you, you know, out of game that you did something, and he brings it into the game. How do you handle that? A lot of times, just look look them square in the eye and go, "You weren't there. What? You weren't there. You have no idea." But but there's no but. Yeah. You weren't there. Call them straight out. Stomp on it as quick as you can. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to be an up. ass about it. But go. You weren't there. But but no, yeah. there's no but. How, you didn't hear about it. How you, would you know? Yeah. You don't know it. You don't know. You weren't there. This was this was done in another room or was said out of character. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, so you cannot act on that. And just cut it clean and dry. That's how usually how I handle it, uh, Scott. Yeah, uh, it's in situations like that. Um, you have to uh, you have to really delineate between player knowledge and character knowledge, which are very different things. Um, and in like the situation that 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 you mentioned, yeah, if you if you were not present, and those that were present were you know, didn't divulge that information, then that's not something that, that you would know. Right, exactly. That's why I brought it up because the new GMs who were catering or, you know, presenting this for, you know, they're not going to know how to handle that right off the top. They'll, they would just let it go. Yeah, it's practice and experience. Yeah. Um, well, you could take it to extremes like Scott and I did. Build a new world. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't know what the monsters are going to do because you've never seen them before. You don't know what the magic item is going to do because you've never seen it before. Build your own world. Even if you don't build your own world, make your own monsters, create your own monsters, 
Create your own magic items. There's there's sections in the Game Master book that will tell you how to make your own stuff. Because rest assured, your metagamer has read the Monster Manual backwards and forwards. He's read every oh. manual. Yep. Yeah. Backwards and forwards and probably knows no, it much better than you do. Knows the strengths, knows the weaknesses. Well, guess what? Um, it looks like this, and it looks like it'd be half this and half that. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take a little from both of those and try that. And, oh, lo and behold, doesn't work. Uh, now he's got to figure it out just like everybody else. So you don't have to take to an extreme and make an entire world like Scott and I have. But but it's fun if you do. Oh, it's fun. Oh, it is fun. oh yeah. It, it, it takes a, a whole different level of, of fun. But make your own monsters. Be very descriptive. Think about it for a while. Try Don't try to do it on the fly. Uh, but... Create your own monster. Write the stats. Write the background. Write the ecology of it. And keep a cache of them. And you can pull them back out here and there. And even if you don't use all the abilities because they luckily killed it off, well, now you can use some of those abilities next time because, all right, we're going to try this. And, okay, it worked on that one, but, gee, that was the males and the females are different. Sounds perfect to me. So you, you create your own magic items. Create your own monsters and the metagamers... Eh, not so much of a problem anymore. Yeah, or alter existing ones. Yes. Yep. I agree with you. And with that, we're going to conclude this episode. And those are the six play styles <laughs> that you may encounter and how to cater to their needs. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.